0: This is SMQB's episode 19 covering NBA and NHL playoffs tonight and uh, also going to start talking about some unbreakable records, a really fun conversation about if records will be broken or not. And then, of course, we have a punchable face of the week and a really great Ted Lasso. Hey, we're down a man tonight. Milk, we miss you. Looking forward to seeing you next week. Thanks everyone for uh, listening and uh, have fun. Best MQBs episode nineteen, and like the national media, I have nothing to say about the Eagles' quarterback situation this week. Winner, I got nothing, I got nothing. You're off the hook this time, House. Okay. This is what happens uh, when I get locked in federal court for three weeks. So how's everyone un- doing?
1: Eagles are undefeated already for on next season.
2: Doing great. Happy Memorial Day, everyone. Yeah, happy, happy Memorial, Memorial Day. Day.
1: We miss Milk. We miss him.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Milk's coming off a strong performance last episode, too. The show must go on, though. He'll be back.
1: He'll be back
0: scrambling. What's going on? So uh, we got a little uh, playoff season going in the NBA and then NHL. Uh, Pope, talk to us about the NBA.
3: Well, what a change a weekend makes from the, in the West, from uh, the LA flip the script, because coming into uh, game three, both in Los Angeles and Dallas, it looked like for all appearances, it looked like the Lakers were about to uh, move on strong over the suns. And it certainly looked like the Clippers were going to be uh, figuring out off season a lot of issues, including would Kawhi stay with the team as they collapsed again in the playoffs, but it all turned around for both teams. Let me tell you what, Mavs 30 to 11 in the first quarter, Luca was on fire. The, the AAC was going nuts. It looked like for all intents and purposes that the clips were done. Their body language was horrible. They were going to get routed and run out of the gym and it would be three Oh but something happened and we're not exactly sure what at this point, maybe we'll find out, you know, during the off season, but, but Luca got injured. Uh, He's clearly not himself. He got a neck injury um, and it's, you know, causing some nerve issues in his shoulder as well. Carlisle said after game four that, you know, he didn't look like he could look to his left very well. And when you're, uh, a point forward, and you live on swiveling your your head and seeing you know the peripheral, of the entire court. Uh, that is going to hurt you. Not not to mention you know his shooting is way off. But from that thirty to eleven in the first quarter, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George they they buckled up as veterans and as leaders, especially Kawhi. Uh, they came all the way back in Game Three. They uh, they won Game Three, and then Game Four was not even a contest. Kawhi dominated early on. Uh, It was, it was apparent that the Mavs uh, didn't have anything in the tank in game four. And Luca uh, had his worst game of the playoffs yet. Um, So they're going home to LA. They got all the momentum in the world. Body language of Mavs was horrible at the end of that game. Uh, Porzingis has been a no-show in Dallas. He was barely a show in, uh, in LA. Um, If Luca is injured, You know, then the supporting cast is not being able to pick it up. Tim Hardaway was one for eight from three in game four. The Mavs were were on fire. They were 35 of 70 in games one and two in LA. And then they missed five, they hit five of 30 three pointers in game four. So
2: Pope, let me ask you this. Yeah. How worried are the Dallas fans about this nerve injury in the neck? Because that's that could be potentially serious long term. And it wasn't just that he couldn't look left. I mean, he was over from the free throw line, which is. Well, he's, huge, he was, you know, he was he's actually
3: struggled from a, it. It is amazing for somebody with his talent. He has struggled from the free throw line. You know, he's got to make free throws before he takes it to the next level. But I, I don't know about long term, but we have three days uh, before they play again on Wednesday night. And if Luca is not. Pretty much 100. percent Then you know this series is over. But I think the series might still be over. Uh, they have all the momentum. They have two of three at home. Um, I don't see the Mavs pulling out two of three uh, at L.A. Now the other series
2: uh, also turned. Can I think, we, on can we get injury. back to Porzingis though for a second? I think you're. Yeah, let's you not. Hit nail, you <laughs> hit the nail on the head. It's like they flipped the, the switch with the Clippers, right? So now everyone's gone from saying the Clippers need to be broken up to poor is, has taken a step back every single year since he's joined the Mavs. Yep. Is, is there some sort of a call for them to move him next year?
3: Well, his contract's not movable. It, it's, uh, uh, the problem is is that he is definitely, you know, injury prone, uh, de- depending on which leg, you know, is, uh, hurt at, at any given time, he's going to miss a bunch of time. Um, but even when he's healthy, you know he's he's not uh, what the Mavs thought they were going to get. And there's a little bit of tension potentially between Luca and KP, uh, and and they they just haven't clicked yet. Um, I I don't think the Mavs well, can lose him. Let's,
0: let's be clear about one thing: if there's tension between Luca and Porzingis, we, we're pretty sure who's going to win that one. I mean, right, no Porzingis would do pretty well to end that tension very quickly.
3: I, I agree, but you know uh, they're they're obviously not gonna to move Luca, but right uh, Luca's contract's coming up, and you know they want him to stay. I, I, this is a this was a big series. Mavs haven't won a playoff series since their championship run in 2011, and you know they need to show Luca that they're a team that can make a championship run in the next four to five years. And this is definitely a step back. It's it's wow. a pretty dark day in Dallas.
0: Hope hope. A wise man once said, there's a lot of basketball left to play. Go this, to is, New York this is now. 2-2, man. It's 2-2. It is.
3: It's 2-2. Look, at the beginning of the series, if you'd said 2-2, both teams hold serve on home court, You know, I would be very happy. But the way it started, 2-0, winning on the road, you, know, you just assumed the Mavs would take one of two at home and have the 3-1 split going back to L.A. Uh, so it's it's disappointing. Um, I had friends who went to the game last night. They said it was it was uh, no energy, low energy in the second half. Left early. Uh, it just deflated D- Dallas Mavs fans for life here.
0: And yet, Luca's injury win
3: without Luka, and, and yet, no.
0: Luca's injury might be the second uh, most important injury in the playoffs right now.
3: Yes. Right. Agreed. If if you assume that the Lakers were going to make a run, and I think a lot of people assumed that they were going to make a run, uh, AD was going to have to be healthy. Uh, when LeBron and AD played together, you know they're they are tough and they are championship medal uh, defending champs. So somebody had to knock them off. And the way they played in the first two games uh, against the th- first three games against the Suns, it looked like for all intents and purposes again that this, that the Lakers were going to knock in the, in the suns, mind you, were number two. Mm-hmm. So it looked, it looked good, but 80 goes down in the first half with a groin injury. When, when he went down, the Lakers were up, uh, and he didn't come back and the Suns, you know, rally Chris, Paul wasn't even going to play. Uh, his coach didn't want him to play, but Paul talked him out of it. And he, he played well, you know, he's got a shoulder injury. The Suns uh, are going home. Again, you know, two-two split. Suns are going home. I like their chances to win two out of three, especially with no AD.
2: Chris Paul um, looks better now than he did in the first three games. I mean, he's hitting that fade-away jump shot now that requires a lot of shoulder action. He wouldn't even take that in the first couple of games. And
1: it's impossible. LeBron to stop. needs up. There's not just not enough complimentary players surrounding right. LeBron with Top, AD out. Right. Yeah. How, how ironic?
2: How ironic is it that AD? Got the flagrant one for kicking Jay Crowder in the dick, and now he's out with a groin <laughs> injury. True. That, <laughs> that is funny. Karma.
3: That
2: LeBron, is funny.
0: You know, LeBron is
2: 14-0 and 0
0: in first-round playoff series.
3: Not Never gone one. out in the Whoa. first round.
0: That's, that's uh, a stat. That's a stat that, uh, that's a that could be coming to an end, yeah. Although it'll be interesting to see uh, what LeBron can do here, if, if he can rally the team and get it done. That'd be pretty impressive.
3: But it will be. It'll be on LeBron's shoulders. I mean, you assume. I think I've, I saw today that AD is probably out for Game Five. Uh, yep. It'd be tough yep. for the Lakers to win back to back if they lose Game Five, yeah. especially considering the injury situation.
1: And yet, it is. It it's a shame that more people don't get a chance to watch Damian Lillard and the Portland Trailblazers, and frankly, Nikola Jokic and the Denver Nuggets. That's a good series. It's tied 2-2. Dame, I still think, is the most underrated player in all of the NBA. And, you know, Portland is the sixth seed, and they are hanging tough with them. Um, I think that's going to continue to be a fun series to watch. They're going back to Denver tomorrow night. Um, That definitely has the potential to go seven.
3: Well, I think most people thought when the Nuggets won game three, that that series might be coming to a, a short end but that was a huge win by the Blazers at home. And I I think that's an even odd series. I easily could see Portland winning another game at Denver uh, and then winning at home. So I, I'm not sure I give the edge to the nuggets, even though they're the higher seed there. I mean, Pope, I think
1: you th- remember when we, w- when we were at the trade deadline and I, and I mentioned you guys pay attention to this guy that the Blazers just picked up this Norman Powell mm-hmm. that they got from the. This guy has been on fire. Yeah in the playoffs for them on fire. He's
0: they, they're an impressive team playing out West. And yet for the first time in a, in a long time that I can remember, I think the three best teams are in the East.
3: Well, let's we'll get to the East I agree with you. one second. Cause I think, I think let's dismiss the, the, uh, the Grizzlies would not want yeah. us to, but I think we need to dismiss the Grizzlies. Uh, they had that great, shocking win in Game One after coming off that big upset of the Warriors, just to get in the tournament. But uh, I, I think now that Utah, you know, Donovan Mitchell's back; he's playing well. Um, I think that I still think the West is up for grabs, but I do think that Utah goes on and they're going to win that series probably in five. Donovan yeah. Mitchell,
2: I think, has proven a lot of people wrong about him with this comeback. I mean, the Jazz are are nothing without him and he came back full of confidence and has just imposed his will on the grizzlies they cannot beat the jazz with him in the lineup
3: and a little, the, the the lesters a little bit off of ja now
1: yeah he's still an exciting player it'll be interesting to see guys like ja and zion you know these young guns playing in these smaller towns like Memphis and new Orleans, whether or not they can keep superstars like that there. Cause it's hard mm-hmm. to imagine John Morant continuing his career uh, in a town like Memphis. He's a, he's, a, he has a potential to be a superstar. I mean, he's definitely lived up to the number two pick in the
0: draft. Although Giannis. Yeah. Right. Giannis Giannis. With, he's, he's re-signed with, with the box. He's not going anywhere. Right. Right.
3: Well, but the bucks he- have the infrastructure to, be a championship team in the next four or five years. I don't think the Pelicans are going to provide that for Zion. We're going to find so out. So let's
0: talk. Let's
1: talk about the East. Um, the I beasts. think you're right. I, I think you're right. This is the first time in a long time where the power has shifted to the East, and I think these top three teams—you know, the Sixers and the Bucks and the Nets. It is going to be some war. And I, you know, I don't want to sleep on whoever comes out of the four or five, but what the Sixers nets and bucks are doing right now, uh, it is going to make for some really fun semifinal and final action in the East. Um, my Sixers, you know, Tobias is like we talked about last week. He's definitely filled the bill as the third star. They're knocking it down from three. They're playing incredible defense. They're getting points from their bench and he is playing. None can't of that be- even
0: matters. Embiid is just so unstoppable. Right. I mean, he he just I can't. I mean, it pains me to to pump up your team so much, House. It just pains me to do it. But this guy is really is a special player. I mean, I don't know if he just dedicated himself this year more than he has in the past. But I mean, the, he's playing with fire. He's he's doing everything. Thing, right, I mean, he's doing ball fakes. He's hitting threes. He's driving past guys. Uh, he he's unbelievable. I mean, he really is. And, right. and you can have anybody else. Is a couple of guys can hit shoot threes. That's all you need because he is Nets, really remarkable. The Nets
2: the Nets could not stop Embiid. They could probably throw a couple of guys and get a bunch of fouls and 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 stop Giannis or at least neutralize Giannis. But they can They have no answer for Embiid. That's true. But what
1: was the total points the other day? that between Harden and KD and Kyrie that they scored. I mean, t- those three are juggernauts. I really don't know how to stop all three of them.
2: Yeah. That, yeah sure that's that's what's really interesting. But that's yeah, what's I really think, interesting. I think, the, I think the Sixers stopped them with with uh with with Embiid and your point guard and Harris. I think you I think you have an answer for them and they don't have an answer for Embiid. Who let's say Brewster, holds-
3: Brewster, are you thinking that the Knicks are done?
2: Yeah, the Knicks, the Knicks are done. The Hawks are playing at a, at a level so much higher than the Knicks right now. It's over.
3: You don't see the uh, Knicks winning game five and making a good six?
2: No. I think Randall, the moment was too – you know, there's a, everyone always says, it sounds cliche, but it's true, They're, the playoffs are different a different game than the regular season, and Randall has not been able to adjust to that different game, and – Trey Young is playing like a superstar. Randall's playing like a the third best guy on the Knicks. And Trey Young is playing like a superstar. We can't beat them with that combination. We're we're so done. rooster. We're done.
1: Rooster. I I know we joke a lot on our texts and even on the pod about you know moral victories and everything like that. But when the se- if the season were to end and the Hawks knock them out in the first round. How do the Knicks look back at this season? Is was it still a success, making the playoffs, getting the four seed? Or how do you, as a Knicks fan, take season? I, I,
2: the season? the 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 silver lining I see in it is we are now a uh, destination again that is attractive to free agents. We were not until until this run, and so that's it. But that is it. I mean they they are they they. Blew it at the trade deadline. They they don't have any any hot three point shooters. They have one you know a guy here and there who gets hot in a game here and there. They don't have a consistently hot three point shooter. Um, they don't have a point guard who can guard Trey Young apparently. Um, you know they they have a lot of holes to fill, but they're well coached. They play good defense, and Randall would be a good complementary star to a superstar. That's what we need.
1: And I, you know I, I want to say something about two of the teams that are losing in the east. I mean, I think the Wizards know what they need to get in the offseason. They they need a they need a real center and they need some defense because they and play no coach. defense.
0: You play no defense, but,
1: yeah. But but Bradley Beal is a really special player. He hits it from anywhere in the gym. He's very very tough to defend. And Russ is still tough. He's Russ is Russ. So I think those guys have uh can hold their heads high and you know I do think of course the nets are going to come through but what Tatum's doing in Boston
2: is just cray cray. Oh, he is unbelievable. Yeah. He still has some growing up to do though. I mean if he if he misses a shot he puts his head down and kind of rambles back on defense and they fast break against him. They, he still needs to he still needs to um be a be a leader on that team and yeah he, he it's he had an
0: ill-advised there. technical yesterday too when he got upset about something. It was a bad timing.
3: Yep. Cuz he's a so dookie. He so never if, had if, good coaching in college. After the
2: <laughs> after the Sixers sweep the Wiz, who's who who are they playing next? How's it how's Atlanta? Atlanta
1: they would play Atlanta next. Yeah. And then and then and, the and Nets Trey Nets Young play has play Bucks. Trey, Trey Young has torched the Sixers Ups, in the Nets a couple years and then it would they then it would be Bucks Nets to play mm-hmm. the Hawks Sixers winner. I I don't think I don't I don't actually think the Wiz are going to pull out the game tonight. And I think that um, I do. I think they'll win one at home. Sweet and man. then I, and then I think yeah. the Hawks will be tough. I think Trey's I think, tough.
2: I think the one I, thing we're not talking about in this Knicks Atlanta series is what a difference. The coaching switch made. For yes. Atlanta. Nate McMillan has done a great job. They um, they're playing. They're playing super like thoughtful offense. No, because Thibodeau is a is a defensive specialist, and whatever he throws at them, Nate McMillan's got an answer for it. And well, and the, other, the other thing is, the Hawks have some talent. I mean, they're a good young, talented team. They that this guy Hunter that they got from Virginia in the draft a couple of years DeAndre ago. he's Hunter, heard yep. a lot lately. He is a yep. superb defensive player, and yep. and is a money game on the line shooter too. Yeah, they said that uh they put some stat up showing the defense uh
0: that Atlanta's played since the coaching change. And and they said that uh I guess McMillan had spent what, like 13 years in the NBA and averaged 5.4 points a game. And the reason was because he he could play defense, and so he's gonna have these guys playing playing defense. And it's it's shown. I mean, since yeah. the coach, the, the numbers were unbelievable to change. Yeah.
1: Well, it's, it's great to have the NBA back in the playoffs. Um, it's great to see these stadiums full, but I think we all want to talk about how these playoffs have been marred by the behavior of the fans in multiple cities. Um, you know, we have our embarrassing moment in Philly when they poured popcorn on Russ when he was exiting the game with an injury. The Knicks fans, one of the fans spit on Trey Young. The Utah fans were saying racist taunts against John Morant. And now we have a Boston fan who was arrested for throwing a bottle at Kyrie Irving when he was leaving the floor. So what the F is going on?
2: Yeah. The Knicks fans too, after, after one of the games, so I think it was game two, we're outside the garden making homophobic chants against Trey young. Hmm. Um, you know, it's just, it's ugly. It's ridiculous. They're all, it's disgraceful, really. Is this,
0: is this a, you know, a symptom of people having been cooped up for a year? Is it a symptom of the Twitterverse where people can feel like they can say and do whatever they want and there's no ramifications? I mean, or are we just paying closer attention to things that have been going on for years and years and we just didn't pay attention to it before?
3: We're possibly a Former president who made it yeah. a big deal to, you know, punch people and talk about th- throwing stuff at people.
2: These people have I always mean, been around, but they've, they've, they're now emboldened to crawl out from under their rocks and behave like this in public because they think it, it's acceptable. And it's, it's just a symptom of what's going on in this country. It's a sad state of affairs.
1: I think we've always, always across the sports, we've always had hooligans in the stands but i think kd uh, kind of nailed it in his post game press conference when he said i get it i get it that people have been cooped up in their homes for 18 months i get people are frustrated i get that people are excited to be back but you know as he said grow the fuck up man like i think most of it is just people being childish i mean they're 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 not appreciating that yes these guys are entertainers and yes they are on the other side but they are human beings. They're not there exclusively for the fans' entertainment. They're there to mm-hmm. try to win a basketball game. And I have to say, like, KD kind of nailed it. And I and it is a very, very sad commentary. I understand that the NBA is mostly a black league, but we're not seeing this happen to any star white players. And so yeah. there's definitely some racial overtones with all of
0: this. Absolutely. Oh, and, and, you know, you saw it. I shared this, you know, by text before we got going today, but, you know, Mike Tyson makes a good point about it actually. Right. When he said, he, you you know, social media made you all too comfortable with disrespecting people and not getting punched in the face for it. So, you know, people <laughs> I, I, sit back and, and they can say whatever they want. There's no ramifications.
2: I personally don't have a problem with meta world peace going into the stands after somebody threw a beer at him, you know, What grown man thinks he should be able to throw a beer at another grown man and have no ramifications? Right. You've heard what Charles Barkley's been saying. They need to take their seats away and ban them from the place. And you know what? If a player gets a hold of one of these guys who throws a full water bottle at his head and kicks his ass, that's just too damn bad. It's not on the player. What
3: did Barkley say? Barkley's been saying – that he's a, he is a proponent of having uh, one player go into the stands and go after somebody once a game if they do that. Yeah. Well, looking, with
0: that. it took four guys holding uh, Westbrook back the other night to going after that guy in Philly. I mean, you, and he, trust me, you don't want Westbrook coming at you. No. no. Or uh,
1: Kyrie. It's a shame. It's a, I, I hope. I hope all of this, which I hope there ends up being uh, – a silver lining to all this fans get it together and we just enjoy the fact that we can be live seeing professional sports again and enjoy the rest of the playoffs. There's some great players out there. And yeah, yeah. The I mean, the fans just,
2: need to step up to the plate and when they see yeah. that stuff happening, police it and, and call security and just don't let it happen.
3: Don't yeah. Stay, I mean, this don't is sit a, there and
2: videotape it. Like it's part of the entertainment it's wrong. That's right. I mean, this is basketball, all these sports,
0: this is entertainment And even if it's a guy on the other team, I mean, you ought to be able to respect what they're able to do. You know, that guy could be on your team next year, the way these leagues work now. So it's just, it's just childish and it's, it's wrong. And and there's just nothing,
2: there's nothing else to say about it.
1: So NBA is not the only playoffs going on, huh?
2: Yeah. we got the NHL, the NHL Uh, playoffs are going along. I don't know how many people are paying attention to it, but, uh, you know, you've got you've got a mix of the old school and the and the new. Paul, Paul Miller's paying attention. I bet up the up. Yeah, in you know, <laughs> shout out to Paul Miller. His team founded in 1917. They haven't won a Stanley Cup since 1967. And but did we get that right this time? Yeah, I was was about to say it right this not, time. Totally wrote that down. Unfortunately, I think their 52 year drought is going to turn into a 53 year drought. Oh, because. Oh. I mean, I hope they beat the Canadians. They're they're tied three to three. Um, But I don't see them getting past the winner of Carolina Lightning. I think the Lightning come out of that bracket. And I'm going to make a bold prediction. I think the Bruins finish off the Islanders and beat whoever wins the Avs uh, Vegas game. Um, I think the Bruins are a lot better than people give them credit. And I, I'm 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 looking at a Lightning Bruins Stanley Cup.
1: Well, I'm. Did they change the things around? Because I, I why did I think that the the Lightning would Carolina yeah. would face the Bruins? The Bruins. I, That's the what Bruins I thought. Islanders. You're gonna. It's gonna be hard to make that prediction.
2: No, 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 no. Car- the win. The Caroline, Carolina Carolina and is playing the Lightning, uh, and the winner of that. You think the winner of that is in the same side of the bracket? of so. the Bruins
1: Islanders yeah
2: maybe i'm wrong maybe i'm wrong I, the way of, what i was looking at had the um the the jets playing the winner of the canadians leafs and carolina and the lightning on one side the islanders bruins avs vegas on the nhl
0: other. is totally all, it is all screwed traditions here can we agree vegas. on one thing though yeah it, can we just can agree on what I mean? He's not here to defend himself, but can we all say that the, really the worst thing that could happen is the lightning winning the Stanley cup. I mean, let's let's enough, enough. with Tampa. Can we be enough. done with, with Tampa Bay? Like look, like, nobody here enough. wants Tampa Bay to win. I don't want them to win another game. I don't want them to score another goal. And I think everybody can unite around that common goal in the NHL. No, right Rooster,
1: now. So you're right. It's, it's uh the, the Winnipeg, the, the basically the Canada, Little bracket would the face North. whoever come whoever comes out of Canada would face the Carolina Tampa winner, right? And then uh, the Islanders Bruins would face the ABS uh, Vegas winner, right?
2: Right. Hmm. And I'm saying that the Lightning beat Carolina and then beat the winner of the North, which you know hopefully will be the Leafs, just so they get a little glory after all these years. And I think the Lightning will wind up playing the Bruins. Every even though everybody wow. else is picking the Avs or or Vegas.
3: What a traditional Stanley Cup matchup.
2: Well, the <laughs> Bruins are one of the originals. Yeah, oh, I know. Yeah. But the Lightning, the Lightning are good, and oh, they good. have their guy back, so they're ah Russian back makes so, me want to uh, vomit. You know, speaking of Tampa, they, I mean, how the hell do they keep winning? They've got they're they just beat the Yankees today they're in first place in in MLB as well.
1: It's a good thing. Milk's not on. I know. Well,
2: baseball's
0: a mess too, though, right now. Right. I mean, you know, you can't, you can't buy a hit in major league baseball. Guys are dropping like flies with injuries. Um, I don't know what, I mean, it's a weird season, right? I mean, it's a really weird season at this point and, and it seems particularly strange because we had a pretty normal spring training this year. Like what, yeah. what's, what's going on? Why is it such a bizarro
2: season? I, I mean, I'm looking at it, ju- you know, from the Yankees perspective, I'm, i the general managers had to know that this year was going to be different, right. With the, with the new ball, They they had to know that there was all this talk out there about all the foreign substances on the ball. And still, Brian Cashman builds the Yankees to be an old home run hitting team, and you know home runs are just not the the answer right now with with this new you know pitchers league that we're in. You have to win the way the teams like the Rays are winning with lots of doubles, and um, it, so the teams that have that are still playing. Small ball, and I mean, for example, Brett Gardner. The guy's a hundred years old. He's still fast as hell, and he never bunts. Mm-hmm. What, what? What is with that? Why? Why? I mean, that's just stupid to me. He should be their leadoff hitter and bunt most of the time he's up, but that never happens anymore. They're up there swinging for the fences in a dead ball era. But is this a is this a mindset that we're going to see start changing
0: now? I mean, are people going to start saying, "Okay, we're a third of the way through the season, Uh, maybe we have to start playing differently."
2: Well, and then we Uh, have all these injuries too, so it's it's just everything's thrown out of whack. At least from the perspective of a Yankees fan, we've had you know we've probably had nine good players on the IL already.
3: You know, we we, we may look back at this week as one of the biggest weeks as far as how the standings finished up, Uh, because if y'all remember our last pod, there were three teams in the, in the AL East that were tied, Mm -hmm. right?
2: Yeah. We lost lost five games since that. Right. And so
3: now you're looking at the standings and the rays are one and a half up on the Sox and five and a half up on the Yankees. Um,
2: Well, if you just look in the loss column, which I think is really all that Mm -hmm. matters the, the Red Sox and the Rays are tied, tied with 20 losses, and the Yankees have 24. They all had 19 last time we talked. Yankees have lost five, and the Red Sox and Rays have lost one game since we last talked.
3: Well, and you look at the uh, NL East. This week was big for the Mets. They they pulled ahead a little separation now, three and a half up. Yeah. And they're, you know, on the loss column, they have, they're at 20, and the Braves are at 26, and the Phillies are at 28. So the Mets are putting a little distance in it. A week ago, it was all well tight. Yeah, so, but, the, uh, but
2: now Noah's hurt, right? The Mets, yeah. The Mets pitcher, yeah, yeah, Noah,
1: right. Hurt? But you know, I went to the um, I went to the Pope store to buy some stats, and
3: <laughs> we had a um, fire sale. You had a sale.
1: Oh, Yeah, <laughs> Memorial
3: Day, Memorial Day weekend sale. Thanks, yeah. yeah. Pope. Two for one. <laughs> I, two for one.
1: Th- th- this is crazy. This dead ball era for baseball. The batting average. In Major League Baseball is 234. Hmm. Teams average 7.8 hits. There are basically nine strikeouts per an average of 33 at bats per game, meaning that pitchers really only have to get out 24 outs per game. Right. And here's an interesting stat because I I hate. I know you guys might feel differently. I hate the shift in baseball. Yeah. I hate the defensive shift. I did not realize that shifts take 12 points off the batting average, you know, the overall batting average in baseball. So if there weren't the defensive shifts permitted, the batting average would be closer to 250. but it takes 12 points off total in the batting average in baseball. And so, you know, it's a great question. What will happen a third of the season in will managers adjust and do small ball? Is this going to be a pitcher's year? Or can the bombers still bomb away and eventually hit their way out of
2: it? But But you know what? If you're hitting what you thought was a home run last year and it's a long out, so you have to adjust your thinking. Unless you're Giancarlo Stanton and guys like that who can still hit it 450 feet. If you're hitting hitting 350 and and it's being caught in center field, maybe it's time to start shooting for the gaps instead. But, you know,
0: some people have complained, though, about the length of these games. And uh, you know the Orioles and the Twins played a tidy two hours and fifty minutes to get today, and and that was uh, extra. And nobody watched.
3: It, well, yeah. I, I watched, but <laughs> but that was an extra inning game, and uh, somebody scored from second to win the game.
0: Yeah, I know that's that's yeah. A we could yes. continue to beat that dead horse all day so, long, as far no, as, you as I'm never, concerned. You never that's know. what I'm saying. We can keep doing it. I, I'm game for beating that one. So by the way we should let's just lighten up on Brian Cashman please uh, Brian Cashman a product of uh Georgetown prep oh, baseball so sake. let's let's Figure take it a, let's take a break on Cashman you know hey, so, how, hey, how, house, house, house how about yeah, you
3: i got i got a question you said 237 is the batting average 234 yeah 234 so, so yeah. what was it the last couple of years i think it was in the 250s i mean i think yeah. they're down so 15 is a dramatic
1: 60 points fall off pope, oh, yeah.
0: I, pope i don't think the league average has ever been 234 yeah no. uh, ever in history i'm not I mean, sure it's been, been that like low
3: 238 230 i mean we're talking about a significant drop off aren't we Significant. yeah significant. you
2: know as a as a fan i don't like the shift either but i also my position is that baseball should not take away strategy from managers although we should speed up the game my position on the shift is if you're a professional hitter and you're a left-handed hitter, and there's nobody between second base and third base, you should be able to hit the ball into that hole and, and get a do double it. every time up. Or bunt the damn thing over Well, that's what Joey Gallo's
3: been doing for the Rangers. He's been but, bunt hitting. Yeah, but this is,
2: this is this is the the
0: downside of statistics in baseball, right? Guys decided that even with the shift, it was better to swing for a home run Even if you're going to roll over one into the shift and make it out, you're better off, you produce more runs by swinging for the fences every time up. That's been statistically, you know, supported over the last several years. Now, this year may not be, and, and you're right, maybe you do see the good hitters, I should say they're all good hitters, but the best hitters are the ones who adjust and start slapping the ball the other way.
3: Well, I mean, Joey Gala is one of the, the best hitters for the Rangers, certainly from a power standpoint, and he's left to bunt singles when they do the shift. I mean, you know, you're not going to well, score a whole lot of runs that way. I think
1: we're, we're heading for a record, at least one record in baseball, which I think is as good of a time as any to, uh, you know, we teased our fans about doing this unbreakable segment where we're all going to come up with various records that are either happening now or some things that we just, Kick around about, you know, it's always fun to talk about records that may never be broken. There is a record that is sure to occur in baseball this year, and it'll be interesting whether it will ever be broken. The record in Major League Baseball, in modern baseball, for no hitters in a year is seven. It was done in 1990, 91, and 2012. We are at six today. And surely you know the household names like Wade Miley, John Means, Joe Musgrove, (laughs) Carlos Radon,
2: Corey Kluber, Spencer
1: Spencer Turnbull, and Corey Kluber. By the way, Spencer Turnbull for the Detroit Tigers led the majors in losses two years ago. So um, it's crazy. And of course, we had that debatable no hitter that ended after seven innings because of the the seven-inning rule with doubleheaders and COVID. So we have six no-hitters. They're on pace for 21. The record is seven. First of all, is this a record that will be broken? Um, Will this be the biggest no-hitter year of all time? And is it a good or bad thing for baseball?
0: Well, if it's not broken this year, then you might look at that 7 and say it's never going to be broken right because if you could jump out on this kind of pace and not have it be broken um I, you know it, it's it, you got to figure it's going to it's going to break this year but how badly I mean will there be 12 will there be 15 i can't see that we get to 21 no hitters but i, I mean pace is pace i guess right it, it's is it good though i mean no hitters are fun but they've gotten to the point now where you don't really even turn the, the channel on the TV. When you see somebody has, you know, in the seventh inning, a no hitter go and you're like, Oh, okay, whatever. Um, I don't know if
2: that is good for baseball. The other thing I mean, is I, the pitchers who are throwing these no hitters. Um, there, You know, there's this, there's this, there's this inexplicable injury issue going on this year. For example, Corey Kluber throws a no hitter. Next time out, he pitches two, three innings and is removed uh, with shoulder pain, and he's out. It turns out he's now on the injured reserve list with a shoulder injury.
3: Well, I uh, I call that karma because for the Rangers of, last there's... year, he pitched one <laughs> game. He was out for the entire <laughs> yeah. year, so he comes back and he no knows the Rangers at yeah. their ballpark. Yeah, next game. Sorry, you're out for the year.
2: That's sort That's of how, how I get. feel Whoa. about Porzingis. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Well, rough.
1: Uh, you know, I'm, I don't know, I was I surprised just, to I hear a stud pitcher like, like to be. but I, I was surprised to hear somebody like Clayton Kershaw, who's one of the best pitchers of the last 10 years, say that all these no hitters are bad for the game of baseball. I, I, I Listen, we've joked again on this pod about, you know, being purists. Some of us are more purists in baseball. I love watching a pitcher's duel. I don't care about all these no-hitters. If this is the year that pitchers can really stand out, go for it. But
0: here's here's the problem. Here's the problem, I think. We know Major League Baseball has manipulated the game through the live ball era and now through the dead ball era. And they're doing this intentionally. And that's what's the problem with it. Because baseball... You know, not to get too nostalgic, but it was that timeless tradition. You could compare statistics across generations, right? It, it wasn't necessarily about guys getting stronger, albeit in the last, you know, couple decades, guys have started throwing harder. But it was supposed to be that game that you could compare from generation to generation to generation. And the Major League Baseball, the, the organization has now put its thumb on the scale in different ways. And that's, I think that that's where the argument comes that it's bad for baseball.
2: And, that, and that's why you have a superstar pitcher like Kershaw objecting because, you know, before you, you you've got, they've altered the baseball so that a mediocre pitcher now has better spin on the ball. And then you had um, Bueller or whatever the guy's name was with the Dodgers pointing out to the point of like calling himself out there's so much foreign substance being used right now that the spin rates have gone so far up that the batters are at a disadvantage. And so the the it's like the, the pitchers who used to be, you know, below 500 or 500 pitchers every year are throwing no hitters, and the superstar pitchers are saying, this is bad for baseball, and I agree with them. I think it is. Yeah.
1: So, you know, it'll be interesting to see – Uh, What ends up happening? We'll keep track the number of no hitters, but listen for our fans. If you believe that there's a great sports record that you don't think will ever be broken, uh, feel free to send it to us. Put it on social media. Uh, Unbreakable will be an occasional topic that we'll talk about. There's a couple more NBA records that were set this year. We'll talk about in a future pod. But look forward to hearing uh, some more about Unbreakable from the SMQ. Yeah, I think
2: a preview of that fits into what we were just saying. If we're going to continue on with the altered ball era and batters thinking it's okay to strike out uh, a lot of the times just, just so that they can run into a home run here and there, the Joe DiMaggio consecutive game hitting streak is never going to be broken yeah well from unbreakable
0: let's uh let's break some noses <laughs> yes. with a punchable face right come on man So I got one that I want to, I want to talk about and, and, uh, it sticks with baseball and, you know, we look, we, we joke about the punchable face of the week. Um, but there are times where it really just has to be said that, that there's just something that's just really troubling. Uh, and, and of course we talked a little bit about what the NBA fans are doing, but the story out of Atlanta with their, uh, with Marcello Zuna being arrested, uh, over the weekend for a domestic battery, um, a lot of times we hear these stories and we have to be sort of careful to judge before the facts come out. This one's a little bit different, I think, from from the reports that I've read. The police actually witnessed, uh, they, they were called to the home, they, the door was ajar, they went in, they heard screaming. They actually watched Ozuna, who just signed, what, what do we say, a, a $60 million contract in the offseason. $65, $65 yeah. million contract. Uh, they actually, the police witnessed him take his wife by the throat throw her against the wall and hit her with a cast that he, that he has. Um, and he was arrested. Uh, he's out on, I guess on bail now, uh, but just really a horrible, horrible story. And, you know, it kind of struck me today because I did have a, a baseball game on and watching they talking about the fans back at the game and and there's little kids there. And I was watching this little kid chomp on a hamburger and had popcorn and, you know, it, it, it's, Baseball's supposed to be light and and uh you know uh, easy to go and sit there and enjoy the outside and and it's not high stress it's not high anxiety all the time uh, and, and so this story is just juxtaposed on that image to me uh it's really sad it's uh, ozuna's a star he's an important part of that team that that Braves team that pope maybe you have some thoughts on uh but just really a terrible situation and and just no excuse i mean it's it's a it's really one of those there is really just no excuse for what happened.
3: I'll tell you my thoughts on it. My thoughts on it are that we have a a mini punch or an actual punch, whatever you want to call it, on the Braves as well. I don't know if you guys saw their, so far, their best starting pitcher, Hoskari Noah, uh, who had like 3.02 ERA the last nine starts, four and two, got shelled by the Brewers, comes out and punches the padded dugout, breaks his hand. Out for two months.
0: (laughs) No, I didn't (laughs) see that.
3: Punchable face of the week, punchable padded dugout of the week, whatever you want to call it. uh, The Braves are in a bad, bad sorts right now. Um, And, uh, you know, obviously Ozuna uh, probably is going to have some issues playing uh, while he's under investigation. And, uh, you know, Acuna cannot carry the team. Freddie Freeman can't carry the team. Uh, their pitching has been, you know, not what we had hoped for. So, um, that's that's really bad on both both of those guys' parts. They both should be punched for punching.
2: But the the issues, uh, I think, bigger than the the plight of the Braves. That you know, when Domingo Herman did this in the last season, Major League Baseball suspended him immediately. And I, f- I frankly, think the 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 Yankees let him back too soon, mm-hmm. without enough contrition. Um, this guy needs to be suspended right now. I mean, we yeah. saw him do it. There's no there's no ambiguity there. Um, he needs to be suspended and complete some serious training before he's even considered to be eligible to play again.
0: Yeah,
1: punch
2: him. He's the one that
1: deserves a punch.
0: Yeah. Well, can we put all this nastiness behind us and, and uh, on Memorial Day, have something something happy in sports to talk, talk about? Maybe a, I uh, think, a temp lasso? I, the-
1: I think I'm going to be able to send you guys off with a really feel-good story, particularly after all this bad stuff about the fans. I think you're going to like this one.
2: It hopefully doesn't involve uh, the scene behind you and your, where Joel Embiid is dry humping the air.
1: That's called <laughs> thrust. That's called thrust the process. But anyway, that, that's a uh, tribute to triple H and Shawn Michaels and the crotch chop. But anyway, we digress. Let's get to the Ted Lasso. Last weekend, gents, the NBA Hall of Fame inducted one of the more iconic classes in a long time. It was Kobe Bryant, Tim Duncan, Kevin Garnett. I think we would all agree these were very easy choices for the Hall of Fame. The NBA Hall of Fame also inducted someone who's never played, coached, owned, managed, or broadcast an NBA game. The NBA Hall of Fame inducted a fan into the Hall of Fame. No asterisk, no special wing, no, uh, he was a full, he is a full-fledged member of the Hall of Fame. And this is the story of Nav Bhatia, who entered the NBA Hall of Fame last weekend. Nav Bhatia is an Indian Sikh who was living in India until there was political unrest that made him flee the country in 1984 for Canada. He had a degree in mechanical engineering, but because he showed up with a long beard and a turban, he couldn't find work for months. And so without finding work, he took a job as a car salesman. Incredibly overqualified, he decided he would just set out to prove that love was greater than hate. Within 90 days, he sold 127 cars, with friendly personality and hard work and was promoted to the general manager. But once he was a general manager of this large dealership in Canada, no one wanted to work for this turban-wearing Indian Sikh. So he decided just hire a bunch of people and try to turn the business into a success. Eventually, he bought out the business and made millions of dollars as a car dealership owner. And with his money, after a decade of making a lot of money as a self-made millionaire, a team came to Toronto, Canada, the Toronto Raptors, and in 1995, Nav Bhatia decided to buy uh, you know, floor seats for the Toronto Raptors. He came to every single game in his black turban, and by 1998, a few years after they had arrived, the GM, Isaiah Thomas, took notice of this guy and gave him a jersey with the number one and put on the back superfan. Since 1995, over 25 years, Nav Bhatia has never missed a game in Toronto through blizzard, anything. When the Raptors won the title in 2018, they gave him an official championship ring and put him in the championship parade. He promised his mother he would never, ever remove his turban, but after being inducted to the the Hall of Fame, he took off his black turban and it now sits in the NBA Hall of Fame next to his superfan jersey. But here's the awesome postscript on this latest inductee into the NBA Hall of Fame, Nav Bhatia. Each year, he spends $300,000 of his own money to send kids, thousands of kids, to Raptors games. And he intentionally... Makes people of different colors and backgrounds sit next to each other to encourage communities to get to know each other, cross bridges, and to gain understanding of other colors and races. And after all, he said, that's what sports are capable of doing, and that's what sports do do. It brings us all together. So I feel like if Nav Bhatia is eligible for and now in the NBA Hall of Fame, he's certainly eligible for an SMQB Ted Lasso Award.
0: Ooh, that was a good one. We might have to uh, retire the segment on that. Well,
3: <laughs> well said, well spoken.
0: Here's
2: to
3: yeah. Nov. Here's to Nov. What a great story! It's a great way to Impressive. go
0: out on a, on Memorial Day, and and uh, that is a great story to wrap it up on.
1: All right, fellas, have a great holiday. All right, guys. Hope to see milk next week.
0: See- yeah, Milk will be back next week. Thanks it's for good uh Tampa sucks. We we don't want Tampa to win, but we want <laughs> you back, Milk. Tampa sucks. Alright everyone, have a you good know, week. See you. See you guys.